Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of All the Hard Things. Um, Today, I am meeting with Kiara. Uh, This is a mom, a listener, who came to me really wanting to talk about her own healing journey. She's a two-year-old son. She really said that she struggled a lot in her journey into motherhood, like so many of us. Um, Like me, I related to Kiara so much because we both did not like being pregnant. Um, We kind of had, both both of us had what we would have said are traumatic deliveries, traumatic labors, um, and later developed postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and maybe some other things. So um, her story has been published by Good Housekeeping. So I'll make sure that that is also linked in the show notes. She's been on so many other podcasts as well. Um, She's also uh, growing her own business. So I'm really excited to share Kiara with you guys so that we can dive in and help any moms, help any moms to be and any other parents who are out there struggling. So Kiara, thank you so much for joining us. And I would love to start out first by you just kind of telling, I know it's like a loaded question, but yeah, telling your story right from the beginning, wherever you want to start. Right. Jenna, thanks so much for having me and allowing me to share my story with your audience. So the beginning, the beginning, I was born in Italy. I was born and raised. um, And I met my husband in London where I moved there to work and improve my English. And then we had kind of a crazy love story. um, But to cut the long story short, eventually we got married and moved to the U.S., San Francisco before. And then um, we moved to Portland. And that's when we decided to uh, start a family. But I wasn't born with a maternal instinct. You know, there are women out there who, um, you know, I've always wanted to be moms and it wasn't the case for me. So it was more about, you know, getting to the point in our love and our family that we just wanted to expand. You know, you kind of like, I see family as a way to expand the love. Um, and so we decided we wanted children. We knew we, we wanted children and we were really lucky. You know, we, I got pregnant right away. So really blessed. Um, but yeah, I didn't like being pregnant at all. Um, I had morning sickness the first couple of months. I don't know why they call it morning. It really was all day for me. Um, so I started to kind of like, you know, get really a little bit angry with my body. I was like, why is my body reacting in this way? You know, and after the first three months, uh, the, the morning sickness was replaced by acid reflux. So my appetite came back. I was really happy, but I couldn't eat as much as I wanted because that, that I would have it, you know, every time after eating the acid reflux. So I really complained a lot. Honestly, I don't, I didn't 
connect, you know, with uh, with my with my baby. You know, I was always there, like complaining at some point. Uh, and so when the time came, uh, my son was late. Again, you know, I was a little frustrated and angry. I was like, I want this baby out. So I didn't care about kind of how, you know, I wanted just the baby out. And um, so I got, I went for an induction and uh, things progressed really quickly. And uh, at some point, you know, like after pushing for four hours, they told me that uh, the son, the head of my son was stuck and I had to go for a C-section. And the C-section was uh, my worst case scenario. I don't like invasive procedures of any kind. I don't like going to the doctor. So in my mind, the C-section wasn't even a possibility for me. Being like a positive person in general, I was like, no, that, that's not gonna happen to me. No, it's, it's not my story. And then it became my story. And, um, and at that time, obviously, you're so exhausted. You can't even react. I remember when they told me they had to perform this C-section, I, I just cried. You know, there were tears running on my face and, and I couldn't even react. And I went into the surgery room and um, I was able to keep it together during the surgery somehow. Uh, but my mind went crazy after that. So I couldn't process what had happened to me. And so I had kind of a panic attack after the surgery. I was laying down. They asked me if I wanted my son on my chest. I said, no, um, I just wanted to be left alone. And, um, you know, then I, the recovery obviously of the C-section was really hard. Um, my husband was home for a couple of months, so that helped. But, you know, you kind of resent everything at that moment. You're like, I just want to be alone and I wanna recover and instead I have to get up and I have to, you know, feed this baby and keep it alive. And and so yeah, it was it was really a lot for me mentally, physically obviously and mentally. But the things um progressed um when my husband went back to work because the moment he told me he wasn't he wasn't going to be in the house anymore, um I developed really strong anxiety. Uh, with panic attacks and uh, I didn't know what was going on with me I was like I don't know but like I just I couldn't see myself alone with the baby I was like I can't do this like I, I'm gonna do something stupid you know something bad is gonna happen and I'm gonna arm my child I, don't, I just don't know what is gonna happen you know it's like um, I'm gonna do something stupid you know because I'm like I'm not a, I'm not a good mom you know like in my mind I thought that I, I wasn't a good mom and uh and, and so I talked to my OB. I wanted to, you know, ask for help after talking with my husband. And so um, I got this appointment. So I was, um, I had to meet with a counselor, but then um, I wasn't sure it was the path for me. There was something about talking about these things that made me feel worse, you know? And I looked for other women who had gone through the same thing, but the more I heard their stories, it was just heavier for me. I was like some women, like sharing their stories in maybe groups so they don't feel lonely. For me, it was like, the more I talk about it, the more I didn't, I identified with the feelings. And I knew it wasn't me. Like there was something inside of me that told me that that person wasn't me and, and it was temporary. And I've always been someone in love with life, just very positive. And, and so I was like, well, let me just uh, take a moment to see what I feel, you know, and really connect with my emotions at the body level. And to do that, I used uh, the chakra system, 
which is an Indian system that um, um, believes that we have seven energy centers and each one of the centers corresponds to a specific area of life and the body. And so I studied a lot, uh, but you know, you can study on books, but until you integrate the knowledge, uh, it doesn't matter. So I just um, started to kind of like breathe and really connected my body and was like, why do, why do I feel this tension? Well, what is it? What's going on at the body level? And so I felt like kind of like this pressure on my chest. And so at that point, based on the chakra system and that framework, I knew that heart is the center of love and compassion um, and self-love. And so in that moment, I had kind of almost like an enlightenment moment, if you will. And I knew that I had lost love for myself in the process of becoming a mom. Because when you start to think that you are uh, gonna be a bad mom, that you're gonna you're a bad person, you lose love for yourself, it's a consequence. When you lose love for yourself, you can deeply connect with your baby. So I clearly I wasn't connecting with him, but all started for me from uh, the lack of self-love, the, the, I had lost it. And so what I did, I was like, okay, so now I know what I wanna work on. And so, I started to kind of like meditate and really focus on the space of the heart, you know, placing my hands on my heart, sending love and light, asking for help, um, you know, in, in, in a sense of prayer. And, um, and um, yeah, repeating to myself, like I love myself, you know. So through kind of meditation, focus on the heart space and affirmation, I was able to heal myself. That's amazing. And I was taking so many notes when you were talking because <laughs> I resonate so much with so many different things that you are talking about. So right from the beginning about how you never really saw yourself being a mom, like I was never one of those kids either who played with baby dolls and always wanted to be a mom. I never really had that as a very clear, urgent vision or fantasy when I was even older. Um, but I don't know, it, it kind of just, it, when I found my husband and we were together for several years, it just kind of felt like the next step. Um, and yeah, so I was, I'm with you, like right from the beginning, it didn't feel like I fit the mold of like what other women who were wanting to be moms kind of felt like in those like preparatory stages. Uh, and I also hated being pregnant. Uh, I'm very in tune with my body. I'm a certified personal trainer. Also, I'm very active. Um, I do a, I do like a boot camp style thing now, five or six days a week. And before that I was running half marathons and to finally like not feel like I'm in control of my body and I can't like do all the things that I want to do physically. It just made me feel like I lost a huge part of my identity and I was losing control of myself. And I did not like that. Like you, I had so much morning sickness. It was terrible. Um, so I really resonated with that aspect of it. And I, um, want moms to really know that that's, so, that experience is okay. Uh, especially because any, like you, I also got pregnant really easily. And I feel like so automatically quote unquote ungrateful. Like I'm being ungrateful because, you know, so many other women out there want a baby so desperately and they're not able to have one or it takes so long and they go through all these trials and tribulations to have what I got so willingly. Um, and I, you know, here I am and I'm, I'm hating the pregnancy experience and I want out and, um, it, I don't want women to feel like they have to be one or the other. I don't want women to feel like in order to be grateful, you have to love every single moment of it. Uh, I can be grateful 
for the fact that I was able to have a child and that my body was able to do that. Um, and I'm also, it wasn't a good experience for me. Like I thought that it would be something different and I didn't handle it the way that I thought that it could be handled. Um, it definitely wasn't what I thought that it would be. Uh, and then in addition, obviously both struggling with the panic and just that moment too, of when we go through that experience of labor and the traumatic delivery process, I like you was like, I, I don't really want to be touched. Like, I just remember this overwhelming feeling of like, just stop touching me. Like, just, uh, just stop touching me. I just wanted the doctors to get away. I wanted everyone to just like, get away from me. Um, I remember even like when they gave me my son, Eli, it, that was the beginning of like, okay, this is not what I want right now, but I guess I'm going to put my needs on the back burner because this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I want nothing more than to just have a moment and process what the F just happened to me. I just want to be left alone. And it's like, this is the beginning, right? This is the beginning of us no longer mattering. Um, and so I just resonate with so, so much of what you said. So, um, and it's so important for women to know that these experiences are okay and they happen and that they're not alone either. Um, so now we're kind of at the point, right, where you have the baby. Um, you're really just, you know, trying to get used to being alone with the baby. I also struggled with that too. Um, didn't feel like myself at all. So when you're, when you are kind of in those first couple of months, now you have a two-year-old, like what was that in between space? Like, like what were some of the ways that you knew that you were really, really struggling, I guess? Oh yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. I, uh, yeah. So I had intrusive thoughts, like constant, like of like the worst case scenario, the type of irrational thoughts that have no base in reality, but like baby hurting stuff, me harming the baby, like any, anything, in all the different like possible vaccinations. And those obviously cause like a lot of anxiety because, you know, now I know that those scenarios are not real. But um, before healing, you're like, oh my God, these are possibilities. Oh my God. And so that like really made me then trigger a panic attack for me, you know, not always. But yeah, that, that was kind of like the, the progression. So it, it was bad in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know, even though I, I love exposure and response prevention, obviously that's, uh, you know, when it comes to my work, that's what we do. But I'm also, again, like you a little bit, I love, I have a spiritual side too. Um, I, I practice, you know, meditation and I am, I have always been increasingly curious about that stuff. Uh, so, you know, when did you, I guess, what was that transformation like when you started to feel like yourself again? Like, talk to us about that, because so much of what you feel passionate about is how women need to do some of their own work, right? Like if we could go back, like it, it and I would agree with this, right? Like women should be, we, we should make it easier for women to be able to take care of themselves first. Like there's a lot of issues that came up for me after becoming a parent that I wish I would have worked on before coming a parent. Um, so yeah, if you could just speak to that a little bit, I think that would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So my, my passion now and the way I help moms to be is this idea that can we start with a blank page or a new book or whatever that is? So can we do inner work on ourselves as mothers and deal with our own big and small traumas um, before we become moms so that we don't pass them to our children? And there will be challenges along the way. We're still going to learn. We're, we're here for that. But can we just start in the best way possible? You know, if we have like um, 
more than be trauma, the way we grew up, past relationship, whatever it is, you know, deal with that. <clears throat> Do the inner work first so that you can start, um, I would say, fresh and clean, at least, you know. Um, and yeah, so for me, the, um, the thing that really changed healing were, when, I, when I healed was this idea of opening up to a different world where my responsibilities weren't the only thing. So I think that as moms, we are always thinking about what we have to do for our baby, that we have to provide, that we have to feed them. And, and that takes away, you know, the magic of motherhood. And it's normal to think about, to think about these practical things, things. But what saved me was kind of this idea of opening up to the spiritual side of motherhood. And this idea that our children are our biggest teachers. And now I go into a little bit of the spiritual part. So, you know, stop me if it's too much, but like I, I believe in reincarnation. So when children, the soul of our children come into the womb at some point, um, you know, we, th these children come directly from source, whatever you want to call it, universe, God, um, because they, they were there just right before incarnating into the body. So they carry a lot of wisdom, a lot of light within them. And so when we open up to that part of motherhood and really actually learn from our children, I think it takes away so much of the pressure. And that was kind of like that opening for me that was like, oh, motherhood is also this. And, and that was magical for me. Mm -hmm. There's a, uh, I think it's a book. I've never read it, but it reminds that you're reminding me of that. I think this is on my audible list of something that I want to read, which is spirit babies. Um, this idea. Yeah. Like you're referencing that they have something to teach us. And I think regardless of where you're at on the spirituality spectrum, even if it's not something that you're interested in, I think we can all get behind this idea that life throws us these these trials and tribulations, right? And life throws us these challenges and, uh, you know, we need to either show up for them or they take us out, right? Um, and motherhood definitely was one of those moments for me. Um, and I remember hearing about this, this angle of it too, that children um, were a kind of, I don't know if I'm going to get this correct, but that they are kind of our spirit babies, like that they are our greatest lessons and that they have something to teach us. And that really put things into perspective to me, like, wow, I'm not just a horrible parent. I'm not just like an awful, awful mom who's stuck in this dark hole with no way out. Like there's that, maybe there's something for me to learn here. Like it, it just, uh, inspired me to maybe think of things in a different way. And it, it gave me a little bit of faith in a really dark time. And I think that's what it took for me to, to, to do the next right action, right? Which whether that was, you know, calling a therapist, I eventually got a therapist and that was super helpful. Um, but just anything to kind of get you out of those dark moments where you're just completely hopeless um, and you have no other way of interpreting what's going on than it just being super, super dark. So so yeah, I mean, in that vein then, like in hindsight, kind of what do you think your baby was was teaching you? Or what do you think were some of the lessons that you needed to learn throughout this journey? Oh man, so many, so many lessons that the motherhood can teach us. Like for me, um, well, first and foremost, you know, with patience, I know that it's a big, big lesson for me to learn in this lifetime. 
so yeah he wasn't he wasn't ready to come out you know i obviously should have like just enjoyed the the, the moment the present you know presence is like a huge lesson in motherhood because children um, are not in their thoughts all the time we as adults tell ourselves so many stories all the freaking day you know it's like crazy and these stories come from our past from our belief system but like you know they're they're, they're very much stories you know and the stories often take us back to the past and they take us to the future so we we, we can be present most of the time. It's just really something that we have to practice. And so presence is a huge one. I realized that when we are in that present moment, that's when we can experience authentic joy because, you know, the joy that we get in life from the milestones, you know, like a success, they're very temporary. As, as humans, we always want to achieve more. We're always like the next thing. But the authentic joy um, exists in the present moment. And once you find that one and you realize it's possible, you want to go back to it more and more. And so obviously it's practice, but presence is really, really like a huge one. And so also just um, as a lesson, just to be open to learn about myself. So yes, it's not all about the baby, you know, it's, it's also about yourself as a mom and your growth. So really also focusing on my personal growth. Yeah, helping and supporting him, but how can I grow in this? You know, how can I be better? How can I become a better person through motherhood? So, so yeah, I was able to kind of move the focus back to me a little bit. And that felt great. Yeah, I love those. And I, when you're talking about the patience piece, I remember very vividly, I was walking with my son just around the neighborhood and I'm usually like, let's get the steps in. Let's go. We got to go around the block and two times. That's 20 minutes, right? In, right enough, just enough time in between sessions or meetings or whatever. Like efficiency, got to go, 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 go. And I would get so frustrated because he wanted to stop and he found a stick or he wanted to smell the flowers or he found a cool rock. And all of a sudden I have 15 rocks in my pocket and I would get so frustrated sometimes like, oh my gosh, I just want to go for a walk. I just want to go for a walk. And that experience is totally valid. Like that's a totally valid and common and normal response. Like that, the way that I felt was not wrong at all. And it was a really good lesson in that moment to be like, whoa, okay. I can either get really, really frustrated about this and suffer, right? Like that I'm not getting, my day isn't going the way that I want it to uh, that motherhood is this like insurmountable task that I'm not meant for. Like, I can go down that road and it's tempting not to, or I can, you know, remind myself, like, what's the lesson here? Like, how can I use this as a way may to maybe not to feel hundred percent better right now, but to at least roll with what's going on. Right. And like, maybe this means I, I, I could probably benefit from being a little bit more present. I could probably benefit from going for a walk for the fun of it and for the sake of it, rather than trying to get so many steps or to use this 20 minutes so efficiently. Right. And so it's like in that moment, that's a little miracle to me, right? Like that little change in perspective. Um, because yeah, it's like that fork in the road moment. It's like, I could either have gone down that path of like being miserable, you know, oh my gosh, I can, I can't just do anything that I want to do. And again, totally valid experience. And I also felt way better asking myself like, okay, what's the lesson here? Um, and I echo your sentiment too, about the lesson and the importance of learning 
that you need to take care of yourself, right? Like, you know, what is gonna, how, how do I work on my, for me, it was like body image issues, right? Like Eli is the perfect example and the perfect reminder that I need to work on cleaning up my own stuff. Like, I don't want him to hear me talking negatively about my body. I don't want him to talk that way about himself or about other women. Like he's a reminder of all the things that I need to work on and clean up. Um, and yeah, so many lessons, so many lessons. Um, so yeah, I mean, what, what would you say was your experience and like, what would then be your advice to moms, like on a day-to-day basis, right? Because I'm sure this wasn't just like an overnight transition for you, right? Like these are little things that you have to do and that you have to commit to and recommit to on a day-to-day basis. Like what does that moment to moment or day-to-day, um, like rechanneling of yourself look like and recentering yourself look like? Yeah, so first of all, I'd like to share my kind of my approach with anxiety. Um, so I think that when anxiety shows up, my my recommendation and the way it works for me, so again, you know, and think different things work for different people, but I would say stay with it. Um, I don't believe in looking for distractions. I think that if you do that, anxiety comes back stronger next time. I would say um, when you have a really like an anxious moment, breathe into it as best as you can. Just stay with it. Just know it's temporary. You can even repeat it in your in your brain and just be like, this is temporary. This is going to go away. Once um, the moment is gone, once you have a moment that you feel better, investigate. I believe that anxiety is a symptom, especially people who suffer from strong anxiety and like recurring anxiety. It has a root cause. I think that we have to heal the roots. Otherwise, you know, the tree can can thrive. So I would recommend journaling to just start to find, you know, maybe when anxiety started to show up in your life, sometimes you have to go back really, really uh, back in life, but try to journal and investigate. And once you start to understand the cause, then you can work on that depending on what you find. So it, it's hard to say, but I would say that that was my process and, and that's, um, how I'm still working on myself. And, but I would say that I was able to let go, I wanna say almost completely of anxiety, but like really like a huge part of my life that, and um, it feels like I'm a cycle breaker in a, in a way, cause my mom is a very anxious person too. And I knew I didn't wanna become like her, you know? So I, I feel like we can all be also like the cycle breakers in our family. If you find patterns that are recurring in the family too, especially with anxiety, you can be the cycle breaker, you know, you have that power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That really resonates with me too, just because, um, my mom, uh, she was very much like, and I see it, I see it so much more clearly now, right? Like I didn't see it when I was seven or 15 or 22, but now that I have my own child, um, I can witness how little of distress tolerance she had for my distress, right? So, um, I notice whenever I see my child crying in front of her, she's very quick to be like distraction, distraction, distraction. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Distraction, 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 because she's so uncomfortable with it. Right. Um, he'll come home from school and say that he's really upset because of someone saying that he scribbled during art and he feels self-conscious now about his art. And she's just very quick to like distract, distract, distract. And I, who knows, right? Like that, that's what I was modeled. So I have a very low tolerance for distress myself and a low tolerance of distress, especially when it's coming from my son. 
but I've had to actively practice myself, right? Like sitting with my own discomfort, like, yeah, he's really sad about something that happened at school today. Like, and so instead of me initially, as much as I want to, because that's like embedded in my learning, I want to distract him and make him feel better right away and take it away and da, da, da. I have found it to be a really uh, transformational uh, chain breaker kind of experience. Like you're saying to just sit here with him and be like, honey, I believe you. Like, I know that, that, that hurts your feelings. And, you know, people, when I was young, like you, I had people say things about me too, that I didn't like, and that feels really bad. And, you know, I'm here for you. And do you want to hug? Right. Like that's such a different, it's such a wildly different experience than what I grew up with and what so many of us have grown up with. Um, and yeah, so just that ability and the strength and the power that comes from your willingness to sit with those emotions. Like we don't have to just distract ourselves from everything. We can allow ourselves to feel those things because we need that experience that everything is temporary, that everything comes and goes. Right. So we don't always have to be happy all the time. Negative emotions are uncomfortable, but they're not dangerous. And we need to ourselves show to our children, right? Like that we, there's resiliency. Like you can sit with those negative emotions. It's not earth shattering. You can, you can handle it and you can tolerate it. You can do those hard things. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I'm, I'm glad it looks like you are a cycle breaker too. So that's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, any other examples that come to mind is like, uh, like even on a daily basis, like yesterday, right? Um, I think sometimes people listen to these podcasts and they think that we have it perfect. Um, we definitely don't, right? Like I, there are some times where I am so distressed by my, by my child's distress or by whatever else is going on. I'm like, I can't take this anymore. I need to avoid, like, I need to go into a room and I need a break or I need my husband to do this thing for me. And I find myself doing the exact opposite of what I would recommend, say, a client does. Um, so we don't have it all perfect. This is all just a day-to-day -day thing that we're all, as moms and parents, trying to figure out. So I guess, like, what are some of the ways that you still find yourself falling back into old habits, whether that's with depression or anxiety? Uh, and how do you, you know, recenter? How do you bring yourself out of that? You know, it's, it's kind of like I... I develop like some uh, non-negotiables, I would say that really helped me. So like I start my day, even like if it's 10 minutes, I do 10 minutes of yoga, 10 minutes of like um, stationary bike. And, um, and then I kind of like go back to that spiritual side of myself that helps me manage all the kind of like heavy feelings um, that, that come up. So yeah, like if I, if I feel anxiety, Personally, what I do is like, I just say like, no, you know, I just almost talk to my brain, you know, like I, I talk myself out of it now. It's just like, no, you know, this is, this is, this is all, like, this is temporary, you know, this is okay. You just feel it, but don't tell yourself a story around it. So what I do is like, I feel the feeling in the moment. I don't reject it. I don't resist it, but I don't engage with it. I don't identify with it. I don't tell my stories around it. So like, if I, but I can tell you, yeah, a moment that um, definitely happened recently because I rejected my son um, when he um, was born. I didn't want it on my chest. He, um, there was a time he wanted his bed and that came back to me. I was like, oh, okay, this is like 
what I, this is, um, you know, my debt, you know, I'm paying for this, that I didn't want it in. And so I got into a really bad moment where I felt rejected. Um, I felt I deserved it. I cried. And then I was fine again because I have tools now. So yes, we, we are our moments, but the more we acquire tools to work on ourselves, we can jump back like faster. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I can see how in that moment, you know, being rejected and, you know, there are times when my son, he tells me I'm not your best friend anymore, or I don't want you to hang out with me because I, he's, I've upset him for some reason. Um, and yeah, it's like, ugh, like that feeling, I, I mean, it's never perfect. Right. And you can either, like you said in that moment, you could stay in that hole and continue to dig that hole of this is my debt and I deserved it. Or you can let yourself feel that feeling for a little while. You allowed yourself that moment. You felt the feels. And then eventually you need to, I, I always tell my members, my patients, right? Like the first step in getting yourself out of the hole that you've dug is to stop digging. So like, we need to stop digging, right? Like at a certain point, we need to catch ourselves. And like you said, we're not going to engage with it. We're not going to distract from it. We're not going to resist it, but we're also not going to do anything to make it worse. Right. So I love that. Um, Absolutely. And I, and I would add that I always, since I'm in this, on the spiritual path, I always ask myself, what's the lesson here? That, that's really like a question that I ask myself often and that it really helps me. I see the lesson in things that happen on a daily and that helps me too. Mm-hmm. So that, since that's such a great example, like, what do you think the lesson was in that example, right? Like when you, your son wanted um, dad instead of you and you felt that rejection, right? You know, what, working with that example, I'm sure so many other women have struggled with that, right? Like what, when you are in that moment and you ask yourself, right? Like, okay, okay, Kiara, what's the lesson here? Like, what do you think the lesson was? I think that the lesson for me was a humbling moment about healing is not a straight line um, and you're going to fall again, but you now have the tools to come back stronger. I think for me in, in personally, that was, uh, that was my, you know, just like kicking me a little and just be like, Hey, you're not healed. Nobody, nobody is. You're just learning some tools that can help you to just get better every day, like a, a little step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so many good things here. So I guess, yeah, in hindsight, what would you, cause like you said, you have so many tools now, so many things that you've gone through, but so many tools now in hindsight, what would you have told yourself if at, at any point, whether it was the, the Kiara that like, didn't want to be touched and didn't want, you know, the baby and didn't feel okay about that, whether it was, um, you know, alone with the baby, having panic attacks, feeling like kind of clumsy and like you weren't a good mom, like what would you go back and tell yourself knowing what you know now? I would have told myself to be in the moment without necessarily telling yourself stories again, analyzing, identifying with emotions, to be with it, to really know that, you know, there's a lesson in what is going on. Um, My lesson, especially with like the C-section, was something I had to go through to now help other women, you know, you know, I walk the walk. And, and that was something that it was like, um, taking me to my soul's purpose, if you want. And, and that was something that it would have helped me to know that the things that were happening 
at a reason for it. And I know this is a kind of a cliche, but you know, I don't want to get into like much bigger spiritual concept about soul path and soul lessons. So I'm just going to leave it at that. People can ask me if they want, they can reach out. But it's more about this idea that we are here to learn our lessons. There are things that we have to go through um, to transform the darkness into light and help other people with our experiences. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of a post that I literally just did the other day on, um, there's a quote that I, I found when I was in the trenches, like in the middle of all of this stuff. And it was from Rumi, a poet. Um, and the quote was, the wound is the place where the light enters you. Um, and I remember finding that when I was in the trenches of everything going on. And I was like, I know that there's a higher Jenna, like you were referencing earlier, right? Like your higher self, or you knew that this wasn't you, like you, I always felt like even when I was in the middle of these difficult times, that there was like an inner Jenna that was just like, it's, she's in there, like she's in there. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like I'm, I don't know when it's going to come or in what form it's going to come, but there's an inner Jenna cheerleader and I, I just got to get to her. Like I have to dig her back out and, and whatever that looks like. Right. And so I remember reading that quote, the wound is the place where the light enters you. And I knew that there would be a time in the future, whether that was two weeks from now or three years from now, or 15 years from now, where I would be able to look back and be like, I get it. Like, I get it. It all clicks. And I am not one to say that like, I love my postpartum depression or I love my postpartum anxiety and OCD because I think that just sounds ridiculous, right? And there's nothing lovely about those experiences and it happened, right? So there's this radical acceptance piece where it happened, right? It is what it is. And I can choose to make that into something that brings me peace right now in this moment, right? So the wound is the place where the light enters you. I feel like my experiences similar to yours were the wound, right? And so much light came from that. For example, the other day, my son was uh, sick. We thought we had COVID. Thank goodness we didn't, but he was sick for a week. And I remember being alone with my son. I could, I did not even want to be alone with him, Kiara, enough time for my husband to go to the bathroom. Like I even when we were all together, my husband would say that he needed to go to the bathroom or he needed to shower and my heart would plunge because it's like, well, I can't do this by myself. Like I can't handle all that pressure. Like this is, this is so awkward. This is, I don't know how I'm going to perform even though like there's no performance to it. Right. Like it, I, I just felt so out of my element that I literally would have that heart plunging feeling anytime he would just go to take a shower And now that I could be alone with him and enjoy our time together so much when he was sick and I wasn't feeling well, like, I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud of that. And I'm at the point now where we actually kind of want to keep him home a day from daycare. Like he goes five days a week and I actually have been talking to my husband. Like, I kind of want to keep him home a day. Like I never in a million years, like if you would have asked me the first year, first year and a half of my postpartum experiences, like, would you ever willingly like, you know, want him home again and like, be okay with that? I would never have believed it. Um, and I know that comes easily for so, so many other women. That's wonderful. It does. It never came easily to me to be alone with my son. Um, and so the fact that now that we like every six weeks, just the two of us, we go and we book a hotel 
and we just spend the night together and we go to fancy, you know, fancy places together. Like, you know, I say fancy, but I mean the zoo or like a new fun restaurant. I don't know that I would appreciate it that way had I not gone through those things, right? Like when, yeah, it, when it's hard, when it's hard to be alone for two minutes while your husband pees, <laughs> right? Like yeah. a week alone with your son feels like a, a miracle, right? Like I can't even imagine that happening. And that's truly what it feels like to me. Like I am so grateful every single time that I'm able to do it because I remember not being able to do it. Yes. And I hope you celebrated your victories. I would say we have to celebrate the small steps, small or big that we take in our healing journey, whatever they are, celebrate, celebrate. And I would also add that, um, you know, I think that the, the the first year, the first two years are hard also because there's so much that you give, uh, but you don't get anything in return along, uh-huh. you know, the term. But like when now that my son is two, you know, he's a lot of fun too, you know, there's an exchange. So I think, you know, that there's that too, that, you know, some women can just feel, you know, that when there is that more that that connection is when actually the child starts to um, speak a little bit or smile a little bit more. And like, there's this exchange that happens. And show you love. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I, that makes perfect sense. And I remember feeling that way. Like, I feel like I'm giving literally every ounce of me and then some, and I'm getting nothing back. Like, no. And I, I don't, I don't know about you, but I've always, I've also always been like a high achieving person. Like I have always gotten 4.0s in school and I've gotten A's and I've gotten awards and I've gotten, you know, recognition verbally from my bosses, right? Like I am a big, I'm a big person that kind of runs on positive reinforcement and you don't get any of that as a mom. Like, you know, you don't get that until they're like a year and a half or two years. And my son's now going to be four. And it's like, now it's great because like, I know he, he loves me. Oh my gosh. The way he looks at me, the, the fun that we have together, what he's like, oh my gosh, it's great. And I know I have faith that I'm doing a great job, but when you're in the trenches like that, yeah, there's no way of knowing. It's like you, you don't know how you're performing. There's no report card. You really have to truly rely like on your own sense of self and your own sense of self-confidence and efficacy. And if you don't have that, you're screwed. Like you're, you're, you're going to beat yourself up completely. Yeah, I was about to say, just allow me. I, I was, uh, I was thinking that you're probably a Taipei, right? I was like, she, she sounds to me like a, like yep. a Taipei for sure. And, um, just that just just quickly see if this resonates with you like I think you have you've had in your life a lot of issues with control you're someone who really really wants to control situations uh-huh. so in the chakra system this means that you have a lot of energy kind of like um really overloaded stomach area like really like I don't know if you have digestive issues sometimes uh that may happen but it means that you have a lot of energy in the center like here in the stomach once you do when you do that like just my recommendation when you feel that you want to just like control so much like in your life go back to the center right up that is the heart go back to heart space um just like close your eyes take a couple of long breaths and kind of like listen to your heart and what it says so that you kind of can move the energy from this overloaded center to up on the uh in the heart and open that up yeah i love that and these are, these are great little things that we can do. They're portable, right? Like we can do them when we're going to pick up our kids from the, um, from school or when we're alone with them, when we're out and about with them. I love that. I love that so much. So, um, 
you know, you've come to us with lots of good recommendations and new perspectives. What would you tell a mom um, who is in the first year or so really in the in the uh, difficult times and the uh, valleys haven't really had a whole lot of peaks yet? What, what would you tell that mom? I would tell her that it's temporary, that it really goes by faster than you think. I would tell her to be with her feelings when they arise, but to really, really try not to engage too much and not to tell stories to herself about what she, what you know she's feeling. Like if you're feeling anxiety, don't tell yourself the story that you're a bad mom. Accept that anxiety, let it go. You know, it's just a wave that comes and goes. There's this metaphor that I love that our emotions are waves and we are the ocean. So kind of remember that metaphor and then find something, find like a practice that takes you back to center, whatever that is. If it's like going out for a walk, um, connecting with nature, take care of your plants, do a meditation, focus on the heart, whatever it is, it can be different. Find something that can bring you back to center fast <laughs> because you're not going to have that much time. You know, whatever that is, little something, find something that to be center. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so amazing. So last question here, and I know this has kind of been the theme of our entire conversation, you know, like the beauty and the difficult things and the wound is the place where the light enters you. Um, but in the spirit of the name of the podcast, right, I believe so much in the power and the goodness that that comes from doing difficult things, right? So the name of this podcast came to me when I was working with someone who had really debilitating OCD and anxiety. And I had been working with them for a while. And, you know, we had come up with different ideas for exposures and we talked about all the education about anxiety. And this person was asking me, you know, if I had a choice to do something the easy way or the comfortable way or the hard way, why would I ever choose the hard way? And this person, like they really didn't get it. Like they, their heart was in the right place. Like they really wanted to get it, but they just weren't used to living that lifestyle. Like me asking them to do something hard intentionally was very abnormal and like a different language to them. And I remember looking at this person in the moment with so much to say, but at once nothing to say. And so that's really the, the motivator and the inspiration behind this podcast, like all the hard things. It's so important to do all the hard things. So my question to you as we wrap up here is why is it important as a mom, as a creator, as a business person, as a person in general, like why is it so important to do hard things? Because in the hard things, there is growth. There is no growth if you don't do the hard things. The hard things is are what allow you to become a better person every day. And, and we need them. And going back to the idea of lessons, like we are here on this earth to learn lessons. And each one of us may have different lessons, but that's our objective here. This is what we wanna do, learn lessons and grow. <laughs> well, thank you, Kiara, so much for sharing your story with us. I. And so we talked about this, you know, but I feel like every time we do this, I get a little bit more peace from my own journey. I uh, hope that we were able to give that to some other moms and other parents out there. And I'm hopeful that this was also helpful for you. So um, thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, why don't you take some time to talk about what it is that you do, right? Like you have taken your experiences and you've tried to turn them into good so that you can help other women. So I want uh, our audience to know what it is that you do, how you help other women and how they can find more about you. 
Yeah, so I am a spiritual coach for moms to be. So I help moms to be let go of anxiety and align with their soul path so they can enjoy the powerful gifts of motherhood. Obviously, my approach is a little different, unconventional, so not for everybody. But basically, I created a program, a one-on-one three month coaching program that was inspired by the five elements, earth, water, fire, air, and ether, where I kind of walk you through it and each stage represents um, a part of your healing and the preparation for motherhood. That's incredible. Um, And yeah, I mean, a lot of what you do is not all that inconsistent with what I do, right? Like we're talking about sitting with feelings. We're talking about going through difficult things. Um, And if you zoom out, right? Like exposure and response prevention, which is the standard treatment that we apply to OCD and anxiety from a, you know, behavioral health standpoint, when you zoom out and you get away from the hardcore nitty gritty specifics, that's what it's about. Like sitting with your uncomfortable emotions and facing your fears and going through and allowing those uh, uncomfortable feelings to be there without rushing to distract or rushing to tell yourself these stories. Um, so yeah, uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you or just kind of keep up with your story? Where can they find more about you? Yeah, they can follow me on Instagram is at Chiara B like Bravo Taule, like my uh, first name B and last name. Thanks for, um, yeah. So I'll make sure that all of that, um, is posted in the show notes for you guys, if you're listening. So head to the show notes, I will be sure to post, uh, Kiara's Instagram. So you can find out more about her, where to, uh, keep up with her story. And I will also be posting her amazing article in good housekeeping, all about how, uh, you know, more about the story of not bonding immediately with your baby and how we don't need to feel guilty about that. So Kira, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you um, and for what you contribute to the motherhood community. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jenna, for allowing me to share my story. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.